If His grace is enough, say amen. 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 It, it is. Guys. We could never get to glory on our own. There's nothing we can do to even remotely touch the doors of glory. But through His grace and through His mercy, if you know Him as your Lord and Savior through that gift of grace He's given us, hallelujah, we won't just touch the doors. We'll be dancing on the other side. Amen. amen. 
Hallelujah. It's good to see everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus, then you don't know that grace conversation we just had. And I would share with you that don't leave here today before you get that right. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's good to see everybody. Let's go to Lord in prayer this morning. Father God, I come before you and thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather in your house and these folks behind us that, 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 work, that practice so hard to lead us in worship, to remind us that your grace is enough and that you will remember us, Lord God. And I thank you for that mercy you pour out upon us. So this day, as we gather in this place, I pray our hearts will open. We will worship you. We'll put our faith in you. Those who are going through trials and it's hard to cling to the hem of your garment right now, Lord, may they be strengthened in knowing that as they fully just allow that gift of grace and mercy to wash over them, you will never leave them nor forsake them. God, pour out your holy anointing upon us, I pray, Lord God. And may we, each one of us, leave here this day knowing that we know that we have been in the presence of the one who loves us the most, that one true God. That, that one true name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. Pour out your anointing on us, Lord, is what we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. 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 It's good seeing everybody this morning. Walk around, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug. Just tell them it's good to see them in God's house this morning. Give God the glory this morning. As you get back to your seats this morning, we do have quite a few announcements to get hold of. 
Flash the lights, Tim. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Amen. Okay, I need my children and youth not to pay attention to the adults that just went running through the church. <laughs> and Ian, that was your wife. <laughs> That's all right, it was a good body check. You knocked that little old lady right over, not a problem. <laughs> Seriously, guys, good to see everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. We, get, we do have quite a few announcements I want to get through. Next Sunday is a big day. There's a lot of different things. I want to encourage you to come. The Mary Bells will be here. We're going to have our praise team, but there's a Mary Bells. They're going to do a a little bit of uh, songs leading us with just bells next Sunday. I want to encourage you to be here in the morning for that. And then that Sunday evening, we're not going to have the Bible study, but we're going to have, if you've not been to one before, we call it the soup or bowl celebration. In other words, we're going to have the Super Bowl playing over there, but there'll be board games, there'll be other things, and you just bring whatever soup or bowl you like, like chili or whatever kind of soup. I know Chris makes that one. I don't remember what is that. I really, really like. I forget. What's it called? It's a Tuscan potato soup. Tuscan potato soup. And any, or any kind of finger food, as long as it'll go in a bowl. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, that, but that's why we call it Super Bowl. It's just a matter of bring some snacks, chips, finger food, soup, uh, whatever you want. And we just eat and watch the game and have a good time. A lot of people don't like football, but they still come and just play board games and do things of that nature. But it's a time of fellowship this coming Sunday afternoon. So men, if you were thinking about skipping church to stay home and watch the football game, that excuse has been taken away. So what's next? Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. So I want to hope different next next Tuesday, uh, excuse me, next Sunday evening. Also, two, let me bring up, if you're going down your bulletin, I'm going to grab a couple more. The men's fishing retreat and women's spa treatment, May 1st. That, that's open to, the, last year it was just men. Now there's a women's side to that as well. And I had someone yesterday say that, Pastor, I'd love to go, but I just can't afford it. Please, if you are interested in scholarshipping some who cannot go and or if you cannot and you want to approach me to see if there are any scholarships, we want to make it available to as many as we can for the, both the men and the women. So that, that's, a, that's coming up May 1st. I know it's a long ways out there, but if you need any kind of help or if you would like to help, please let me or, or Brother Ray know so we can put that together. The, um, the Super Bowl snacks, the... Okay, the, the other thing I wanted to point out is we had our business meeting, our annual business meeting last Sunday, and there was a, quite a bit of things that transpired. If you wasn't able to be here, it was a great fellowship, a great meeting. But some of the things I want to point out, just so you guys now know, uh, one of which, I don't know if you noticed, but now the whole front row out there is handicapped parking as well. I know we had some trouble with the handicapped parking out there, so praise the Lord for that. We also had voted that we are... Uh, there is a, an orphanage. The, the pastor from Uganda came. It's uh, Samuel's Orphanage. He came and spoke a Sunday evening a little while back. And he asked me, and we talked about, there's another church in the area that helps support the orphanage. But they really needed a, a minivan over there, a van to, to take the children to the clinics and stuff like that. They were hauling like three kids at a time on a scooter type thing to get back and forth. And we voted as a church to go ahead and, and send them the monies to buy this minivan over there in Uganda. 
Now, the great thing is not only are we going to support them by buying this minivan, what we also discussed, and this is where you guys come in, is though we could buy it out of the, the monies that we have in, in, our, in our budget, we would well, like you now to have skin in that game. We're going to put together a thermometer, if you will, uh, uh, whatever it is to put over. And over and above your tithing, if you would like to give to that fund to replenish the monies that was spent to buy this van for the folks, for this orphanage in Uganda, just write that on the bottom of your, your tithe check or whatever it may be or on your envelope. And that way a portion or whatever it is that you put towards that. Again, this is over and above all anything else you want to do. But if you would like to put towards that, that way we can put it in that fund and replenish those monies. That way when the next missionary or somebody comes through and needs something that God can provide through us, we'll have that available to continue to do that also. So praise the Lord. Give God the glory. Amen. You know, I have to say, I, I, am, I am very blessed to be able to share about our church I'm going to be speaking the next three days. I'll be in Louisiana. We're, going to, we're speaking at the Southern Baptist Convention of Louisiana. They asked me to come in and speak over there. Be in prayer for me because, you know, you have some of those pastors that you just really, I don't want to say idolize, but you really watch. Like Adrian Rogers. That's just been one to get me. I don't know who all here knows uh, Dr. Johnny Hunt. But Johnny Hunt's always been one of those pastors for me that I just love to hear. And I've got to meet him a few. Well, I'm going to be preaching right in front of him. That's somewhat intimidating. I know I'm doing the Lord's word, but of course I already said I'm going to go up to him and say I'm going to warm him up for you. I'll go on out there, but but man, what an opportunity. And I share that for this reason. I love going to these places. And just like that right there, I had somebody ask me uh, last week, do you all tithe as a church? I said, brother, not only do we tithe to the Southern Baptist Convention, not only do we tithe to the Gambrel Association, not only do we hit that 10%, but you look at our benevolence like you would have seen on, in this past meeting. We, we give to so many areas. And then, such as this van to the missionaries in Uganda, praise God that God has blessed us with the ability to give so much over and above back to the ministry that God has given unto us. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. As a pastor, it does my heart good to be able to know that the people, the, the, the flock are willing. It's not about holding everything to ourselves. We want the message to go. Amen. And the only other thing, I'll get back to you with more details later. We used to have a camp out, a church camp out on the lake, we called it, at Canyon Lake. We are going to reinstitute that again this year, but we don't have the date and the details down. Once we get that, we'll get that to you guys so you can make your... Uh, what you would call it, reservations and such, if you would like to go and, and be a part of that service on the lake this coming summer. But I'll get back with you on that in more detail. I think that's all the announcements that I really needed to put forth right now. So I'm going to call Ian up and bring our scripture reading. <laughs> Amen. Father God, I lift up my brother to you and I just pray, Lord, that you just, just give us your word through him. Thank you for his willingness and his diligence and his obedience. Bless him and his wife and his daughter and for his willingness to come and share. And Father, we thank you for him. In Jesus' name, thank amen. You, thank you, Lord. Even though your wife takes out people down there. I, I know. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, so who all has been enjoying the Bible study through the book of Daniel recently? I know I, know I have. Um, you know, Pastor Frank has been talking about what was Nebuchadnezzar a week ago and then Belteshazzar and whatnot, but he segued to a scripture that really spoke to my heart just last week, you know, Proverbs 16, 2. It says, all the ways of a man are pure in his spirit, 
or sorry, are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. And, you know, that's definitely echoed in when Jesus has talked to the scribes and the Pharisees, where he's like, you know, you all are so big about keeping things clean on the outside and having things look just right, but I, I know what's in your heart. And, um, you know, as 2020 rolled along, and here we are just to, you know, almost one one twelfth of the way through. It seems like this year is flying by. But I know for me, I really want the Lord to speak to my heart today. And you know, I think a lot of wives say, hey, I just wish my husband would get it. I will be honest, as I was as we rolled into, you know, 2020 was about to, to, to come on in, I was like, Lord, please help me to get it this year. And the scripture I was claiming in regards to that was um, John 831, where it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, um, sorry, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, I want to be set free today. I know that that's, that's kind of been used almost as a catchphrase uh, many a times, but you know, Jesus is the one who said he is truth. But I just want to touch briefly, do we have Mark 9, um, 2 through 7? And this is the story of the transfiguration. So Jesus selected a couple of apostles to come and, you know, and bear witness to this event. And I just want to just very briefly park there. It says, um, And after six days, Jesus took with them Peter and James and John and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, so that no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared with him Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For they did know what to say, for they were terrified. And as a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out from the cloud, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Um, you know, in, in Sunday school today, um, Julie Workman mentioned that so many of the things that we do that are not of the Lord, you know, might not be evil, but it's done out of fear. And quite often, because we do love Jesus, we're like, hey, okay, I see I need to do something, so I'm, I'm going to do this. And it talked about, you know, Peter getting an idea of, hey, let's, let's build some tents. We just saw this wondrous thing. Let, let's, let's, let's build some tents. And God said, hang on, hang on. What I want you to do is listening to me. And and because that's the only way we're going to know him. That's the only way that we're going to be able to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, instead of depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. And he's like, but Lord, I did this and this and this and this. God doesn't want us just doing stuff. He wants us to do in the stuff he ordains. And the only way we're going to be able to do that if we're individually walking with him. So I just want to close us out in prayer today um, with Paul's prayers was Paul's prayer um, for the book of, sorry, for the church of Ephesus as, as recorded in the book of Ephesians chapter 3. So let's just go to the prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that we get to be your people and a continuation of, of your work here, here on earth, Lord. And we just want to pray with the Apostle Paul that for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner beings, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, may that be true in our lives as we worship you today, as we learn about you, as we love one another. Please, may your spirit be upon us and may you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.
and sing with us. Just, just get you going, man. Just eat. Just that word. Just get you going. Get you ready to sing these songs. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but that got me ready to sing. So let's sing.
grab your seats this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. But as you're turning there, I'm going to ask Morgan to go ahead and, and uh, call up this video I'd like you to, to watch this morning. Hello everyone, this is Jeremy McClellan, and I'm here in my hometown of Charleston, South Carolina, at the Cathedral of John the Baptist, patron saint of children who can't sit still. Over the past week, a civil war has broken out among Catholics on the issue of whether parents should bring noisy children to Mass. Some, like Nativity Church pastor and Joel Osteen in training Michael White, think children should wait until they can sit still, keep quiet, and pay attention. Something I have never been able to do. And he has a point. Because Mass is all about your experience. And you've worked hard all week to put food on the table for your dog. And when Sunday comes around, the last thing you want to hear is any sound that reminds you there's more to life. And the Bible itself is clear. God called Samuel while he was in a soundproof cry room. Jesus told his disciples, bring the well-behaved adults unto me. And who can forget the glory of Palm Sunday as Jesus tiptoed into Jerusalem while children gathered in the temple courts to whisper, Hosanna. That's why most experts suggest waiting until your kids are about 12 years old. That gives them a solid five years of Catholicism before they leave for college and become atheists. Until then, it's best to keep them out. If we all work together, we can help create a perfect environment for worship. An empty church, 
full of peace and quiet, where the priest can concentrate on what matters most, the sound of his own voice. And for those few churches that still persist in allowing children, modifications can be made to control the chaos, such as placing a fence the height of a small child between the altar and the nave, using incense to mask the smell of dirty diapers, kneeling while receiving the Eucharist to equalize the heights, and conducting the entire Mass in Latin, so children and adults have no idea what's going on. But whichever side you fall on, relax. The future is going to be fine. Another 50 years of this, and our buildings will once again be filled with big, welcoming families and the sound of little children learning to worship God. Because by then, they will all be mosques. From the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist, I'm Jeremy McClellan. Thank you for listening. Amen. Now, I wouldn't have picked on that denomination, but he said exactly what I wanted to say. With the, with the children aspect. Guys, we can learn a lot from our children. And if you didn't know about the, the, the event that happened this week that it just really grabbed a hold of me in a major way, is in my opinion, guys, when this pastor told his flock that babies and children should not be in the sanctuary, he was teetotally, wholeheartedly out of line. This is God's house. And those are God's children that he has entrusted us to raise. And if his children can't come into his house, then why golly, what makes us think that we should be allowed to come into his house? I guarantee you guys this morning that that baby, when it cried, it did not catch God by surprise. He knew that that baby was going to cry and the Lord once a parent to take the child out in the foyer to, to watch the service by the monitor or, or whatever it may be, he will put it on the heart of that parent to do so. As long as I am pastor here, at least at this church, babies and children are absolutely welcome wherever God sends them to go. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thanks for the illustration, Michelle, but my adults are acting worse than the babies. <laughs> Amen. In all seriousness this morning, guys, I want us to think about this just a little bit. In our passage in Mark chapter 10, we're going to discover at least two things. And I know this is a passage of scripture. You may have Mark in your Bible that I preached a few years ago, but, but this is something that God touched my heart on. And I think it's hopefully completely different, but something that he, that, that just grabbed a hold of me this week as I was, was thinking about what happened and how that pastor had the audacity to ask these children to be removed from the sanctuary. Two important things that I think are crucial, life-changing things that Jesus wants us to learn from this passage of scripture. Actually, let's, let's just look at the passage first. In Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 13. Some people were bringing little children to him so he might touch them. But his disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come on to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter in. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and he blessed them. Folks, I, I submit to you this morning that children are precious. And they are precious not just to me 
or to someone else. They are precious in the eyes of God. People are bringing children to Jesus in order for them to be blessed. People are bringing their, their grandchildren. They're bringing their sons. They're bringing their daughters. And they're saying, I want to just get my children to Jesus. Because I know what Jesus has done for me. I've seen what Jesus has done for others. I want Jesus' blessing upon my children. How do you think they felt when the disciples come around and rebuke them for wanting to allow their children to stand in the presence of God? They had, a, they had a low view of children. These parents didn't have a low view. They loved their children. They wanted their children to be touched by God. But these apostles, they, 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 weren't, they, they were thinking, these kids, they're not worth the master's time. You know, the, the, the master is busy. The, the rabbi is busy. The pastor is busy. He has more important things to do than to hang around with the children. Folks, I promise you that those children are not only the future of the church then, they are the future of the church today. But unfortunately, the disciples were assigning position based on a worldly value system. They See, they were, they were thinking to themselves of this organizational chart of the kingdom of God. And in their mind, oh, kids don't rate anything. They had the kids at the bottom of the level down here. Oh, you know, kids, they're, they're, they just make noise and make diapers. We don't want anything to do with that. You know, it's us, the apostles. Those are closest to him. Kids are at the bottom and we're at the top. You know, we, we, we have everything right here. But folks, I would submit to you this morning that it says here that Jesus was indignant. You know, one of the things that I brought it up in Sunday school just this morning when we go through the scriptures, when we look through the gospel message, when we look through all four of the gospels, we see situations where God was angry. We know that he flipped over the money tables and, and when he came into to the, the tabernacle there and he saw what was going on in, in, the, in the outer courts. We know that he looked to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and he said, oh, you den of vipers. Folks, this is the only place in the Gospels, though, right here in Mark chapter 10. uh, This is the only place where it says that God was indignant. It's the only time ever recorded in the Gospels that God was indignant. You know what the Greek word for indignant was? Incredibly furious, really angry. Even when he flipped over the tables, it doesn't say he was indignant. And he was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were trying to to latch their arms around him and trap him and do all this stuff. It never uses the word indignant. But when they tried to keep the children from coming on to him, it says he became indignant. He was furiously angry. And he started to respond very sharply in staccato statements. He said, let them come. In other words, do not hinder them. Have you ever been so angry, so mad, so frustrated that you started to sputter when you speak? That's kind of where Jesus was. He was he, he saw what the disciples were doing. He saw that how they were putting the kids down on the lower level and themselves up on the top level. And he looked and heard them say that uh, this the kid the, the master doesn't have time for your kids and he is indignant, do not hinder the children from coming on to me. Bring them here now. That's where Jesus was. He's saying, bring those kids. The kingdom of God belongs to them. You hear what, that, what he just said? The kingdom of God belongs to them. Now, the reason for this, this sharp indignation is because he come, Jesus knows. Jesus can look at the heart of that, that grown adult, that disciple, and he looks at the heart of the child, and he's looking, which one's going to get in first? The child is. Look at the heart of this child. Jesus was angry. 
Their value statement was, was, oh, these kids don't mean anything. But to Jesus, those children's value statement was far higher than anything the apostles had. He was looking at the children and he said, these, as opposed to you, these the kingdom are made of. Guys, there are two groups of people being illustrated here in this story. The apostles and the children. And I can tell you there's only one of which at that time I knew would be going to heaven. What did Jesus say? The kingdom of God belongs to these. The children. It's not our place to start thinking that we lock the children outside. Children have a place in the kingdom of God and it's given to them. They have value. Our children are valuable. They are able to take part in the spiritual uh, things that transpire because God can speak directly to their heart. They can have faith. They belong to the kingdom of God. They know who he is. Now, now what makes the kingdom especially theirs? That's the thing we need to look at this morning. Why, why, why is God saying this? Children humbly receive the kingdom of God. They don't argue about it. They have that, that spirit about them. Now, this isn't just an all kids go to heaven type of message. But in verse 15, notice what he says. He says, I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. That means the little children, they're going to come in. The little children are going to march in here. Do you see the distinguishing characteristic, I think, if you really look to it, referred to is children have a humble acceptance of the gift of grace that God gives. They open their hearts to it. The children are saying, I want this. They know, kids know how to receive and accept gifts. A few weeks ago, we had a, a birthday party over here in the fellowship hall for a young man. And, the, and, and there was a party going on. It was a, 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 a castle theme. We had all this party going on next door. And up against the back wall of the fellowship hall back there was one of our little card tables. And it was stacked with presents and everything was there. Do you know what happened when it came time to open presents? Do you think he said, nah, I'll skip that part? Nah, it's just presents. Tell me why I deserve them. Do you think we heard that? No. He wanted to open his gifts. He wanted to see what was there. And he gratefully accepted all of them. His parents had to keep reminding him, tell so-and-so thank you. Tell so-and-so thank you. Thank you. What's the next one? He was freely, openly accepting these gifts. That's what makes kids so special, guys. They humbly receive what's given to them. When Jesus puts forth that spirit onto them, they receive it. They don't sit there and argue with God. How many of us have argued with God? No, that child says, okay, thank you. And they humbly open their heart and they humbly hear the words of God. In fact, after the age of accountability, I would say that they're still the ones to receive Jesus far more than the adults do. We want to just let the adults in. Well, Barna Research Group did a study. 32% of kids under the age of 12 that's presented the gospel accept it. Teenagers, 4%. Adults, 6%. In other words, children under the age of 12 are more than three times likely to accept the gospel than an adult is. I say that you lock the adults out and bring the kids in. (laughs) Then the gospel will start going out. How in the world do we start thinking that it's not a place for the children? Jesus knew. You know, you apostles, I've had to eat with you. I know what y'all like. Bring the kids. I've had to argue with you. I know what you're... Uh, Peter, there you go again. Get your foot out of your mouth. 
He knew what he was dealing with with the adults. And when he heard them tell the children that they were not allowed, he was indignant. Don't turn away these little ones that receive me so simply. Jesus has to work on you and I. At least he does me. I've accepted him and I still have to get whipped every once in a while. He's still working on me. Where that child opened his heart. You know, I don't think I've missed a vacation Bible school, either teaching, doing rec, doing something for at least 25 years in, 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 in Magnolia, Lavernia here. And every one of those vacation Bible schools, I'm watching these kids. And I'm not saying there's all these salvations, but I'm saying these kids are listening to the Word of God. And I never heard of it, but one of those kids, as they're sitting there and they're listening to the Bible study, I've never heard them say, hmm, let me think about that a while. I'll get back to you next week. Oh, you know, I got some more things I want to do in my life first. I'm, I'm going to get a little bit of my partying out of the way and I'll come back. No, those little kids in vacation Bible school, they're listening to it. They're accepting it. Now, I'm not saying they make that, that, that step of salvation right then, but they're listening to those seeds being planted. They're listening to those stories. They don't sit there and say, oh, come on, God can't do this or God can't do that. They're saying, wow, that's awesome. God really did that? A whale puked up Jonah. Oh, I, I probably should have said that from the pulpit. But anyway, he threw up Jonah onto the beach. That is incredible. You know, they have all, they, they just accept these stories where we argue and we yell and we do this. Folks, we must make room for children in the church to receive the kingdom of God or we are absolutely wrong. It is the children who are listening. It is the children who will go forth and, and have those seeds that are planted. We've got to make that room and say, kids, not, not that kids, we shouldn't push them to the cry room in the back room. Just like he said, if we want empty churches, sure, shut the kids down. But if you want that church to grow, a healthy church, yes, we need our grandmamas and grandfathers and we need those children and we need them to come together and let them see that the family of God on this side of glory is just as glorious, but on the other side it's even better, that we're all going to be in this together. Children have a value to God. They matter to him. And anyone that knows me knows that children are, are, are my highest priority. They matter. That's why I wear these ties with these kinds of things every Sunday. I'd much rather have a, I wouldn't rather have a conversation with a child, but I would much rather that child know that he can come and have a conversation with me, that he'll see that tie. Just this morning, the little baby, she kept talking about the bees on my tie. Hallelujah. You may say, well, so you spent five minutes talking about bees on your tie. In 10 years, when she's a teenager, if it means that she remembers that she could talk about the bees on my tie, maybe she'll come and talk to me about what's going on in school as well. And maybe we can share the gospel and how God's going to pull her through. Folks, children mattered to Jesus and they should matter to us. They're important. They show an, a remarkable acceptance to the kingdom of God. They can and they do genuinely respond when the message is presented. God accepts them. God values them. And if Christ accepts them and values them, even more so than, than, than that we as the big people should be doing the same. If we're going to be as Christ is telling us to be. In fact, I would even submit to you that the most strategic age group of the church are the children. 
That's the group we should be reaching into. We should be making more room and enabling more kids, not just our church kids. We should be enabling all the kids of this area to be able to come to a place. If you didn't know, we, we, we showed some plans. We're building our, 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 a new, another building out here for a basketball court to bring more kids in here. If we could bring these kids in and share the gospel and share with them who he is, then they might be the example to us of what it means to receive the kingdom of God. We're to present this to them because they listen. Jesus said that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Not just children, but those who are like children. You see, the children that's being presented here, he's saying we should come on to him as they are. In other words, we should soften our hearts and prepare our hearts to become like the little children. Notice again, verse 15, at the very end of it, it says, Whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter in. In other words, rather than isolating them and pushing them to the side, we should be watching them and learning from them. They are pictures of faith. If we're going to emulate something, you shouldn't try to emulate me. You shouldn't try to emulate Shane or Sherry. You should be trying to emulate these children. How are the children coming on to Jesus? In other words, as a picture of faith, they're just opening their heart and saying, Lord, if you say it, that means it. If you're telling it to me, God, that's, I'm going to believe it. Children... Are the picture, they, they should be the picture for us of the, the, the response required to enter into the kingdom of God. When Jesus says, okay, you're going to do this, this, and this, children say, okay, I'll do that, that, and that. But yet we want to argue. We want to fight. Well, God, it can't really happen this way. They can't really do that. This is a radical statement. I understand that. What is childlike faith? When we receive the, 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 the kingdom of God like children, that's childlike faith. When I, when God, when I read something, thus saith the Lord, okay, if you're saying so. The point of comparing us, comparing us to the children was exactly our willingness to receive the gospel. Our willingness to receive the teachings of the Lord. Our children, they're sponges. They want to hear. They want to hear what we have to say. Parents, that's why it's so direly important when they're little, start reading them those stories. Start sharing those Bible scriptures with them. And, and I'm not saying just to, to, to like a totalitarian, you must sit in here. Get those exciting Bibles, if you will. Get those Bibles they understand. Get those stories and share the message of God so that they can receive the kingdom of God as a gift. Because they will, they'll start hearing it and they'll start receiving it. Folks, that's where they're at. They're receiving it as a gift. We adults, we're the ones that have problems receiving gifts. We're the ones that, that have to really think about it. They, these kids, they, they whatever you will give me. Adults, no, nah, I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm going to keep this. Have you ever received a gift and wish you hadn't? Because, dang, now I got to go get him something. I think we all have probably been there. We have it in our mind. Well, he got me something. She got me something. Now I got to give them something. I'm going to start a trend. How much is this going to cost me? How much time is this going to give me? Kids don't do that. They say, you're going to give me something? I'm all in. And, that, and when Jesus says, I'm going to give this to you, they're like, okay. And Jesus tells us, I'm going to give you this. Well, what I got to do for it? 
What do, you, what do you want me to do? You see, we, we want what we have earned. We, we want something that we feel as though we deserve. We don't want to be charity cases as adults. But with God, that's what it is. God's saying, you're not worthy. There's nothing you can do to ever get here. Therefore, I love you enough. I'm just going to give this to you. Whoa. No, no, we ain't going to play that game. I got I to gotta earn it. What do, you, what do I got to do for it, Lord? I'll take it once I earn it. No, 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 no. I want you to do it just like a child. See, watch this little child. I'm going to give it to him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, now you take it. Wait a minute. No, no, there's got to be something there because I don't take handouts. Well, no, it's not a handout. I love you so much. I just want to give you this mercy. I want to give you this grace. Oh, that's sweet. I like that. What's the ties? What's, what's the strings? And we have all these arguments when the child just says, give me. That's what he's telling us, Lord, guys. We can learn so much from our children. To get into the kingdom of God, we have to realize that we are utterly, totally helpless to get in. We are unable to do it on our own. We have zero merit. There is nothing we do that is worthy enough to get us into the kingdom of God. Therefore, that means put our pride to the side, put our arguments to the side, put all the stuff that we want to argue about it to the side, and just say, Jesus, here I am. What is the child going to say? Jesus brought them up to him. It says he laid hands on him, them and he blessed them. They just said, I want We need to come to that same focus with Christ ourselves and say, Lord, I want what you have to give. The kingdom of God is something that is given and we receive it. There is no promotion into the kingdom of God. There is no, well, I'm going to get enough raises because I led enough people to the Lord. I taught enough classes. I did this and I did that. There is no way to earn it. It is not deserved. We do not deserve the kingdom of God. It is a gift all out, totally given by God. And we must abandon our, our unchildlike piety of achievement. We, you know, we, we are competitors. I want to win. I want to be the top of the pay scale. I want to be the best electrician. I want to be the best millwright. I want to be the best carpet layer. I want to be the best mechanic. I want to do this. That way people will know my name. This is not about my name. It's about his name. The only way we can get into glory is by saying, I can't be best. Therefore, I thank you, Jesus, for taking me in. Hallelujah. And that's what children teach. We shouldn't be locking them out. We should be watching them and learning. Jesus says, if you don't receive it like a child now, you're not going to enter in later. If you think you can work your way into heaven, folks, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, pastor, you say that. You don't know how many people I led to the Lord. Nope, sure don't. You don't know how many times I've mowed the yard. You don't know how many church ministries. You don't know how many churches I've planted. You don't know how many dollars I've spent on missionaries here, there, and that. He's got to let me in because look at all this good stuff I did. God said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one, no one is worthy. The only way for the remission of sins is the shedding of blood. And the only sacrificial blood that was ever shed that could cover that sin debt was the blood of Jesus Christ. But he said, if you will believe in me that I am the son of God and I died and rose again on the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And then 40 days later, ascended to sit at the right hand of my father to be a mediator for you. Then you shall be saved. And he who professes me before men, so shall I profess before the father. Children have no problem saying, I'm going to church. But what are we as adults? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to church. Oh, man, there's a football game on. My wife said, I got to go to church. <laughs> well, 
well, we're going to go to the beach. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Yeah, I got to go to church. That kid's like, yeah, let's go to church. It's when we come unto the Father like the children. You see, Jesus takes the children into his arms and he blesses them. What a contrast to the actions of the disciples. The disciples were holding them back. The world will hold us back. But if we will quit listening to the world and act like little children and just say, I want to see Jesus. I just, want, I just want to get the toys. I want to get the gifts. What is the gift of Jesus? The mercy and the grace that is going to get me into heaven. The peace that surpasses all understanding. And when I stand in his presence and I truly receive those things, does that mean now it's pie in the sky and life is just going to be fluffy and unicorns everywhere like one of the names he said up there in the video? No, I'm not going to preach that. I'm going to say now you can have peace in the midst of your adversities. Just like a child, even though they may be hungry and they may be hot and everything's going bad, they latch onto their parent because they trust that parent. They latch onto that one that loves them enough to hold them. When we truly surrender our hearts into the hands of Jesus Christ, things may be rough, but you know where you're going to latch? Right onto Jesus. This story right here is a concrete illustration that the blessings of the kingdom of God are freely given. And it should be a true discipleship call for you and I as well. For when we look what Jesus did with the kids here, and he says now that these kids, you should be likened onto one of them to get into heaven, we should stop and say, I want to be like a child. I want to be that one just like a child. What, how ironic is that? We teach our children to act like adults, but God says, no, I need you to act like a child. When it comes to the spirituality of the church, folks, we are not to lock them out. We're to hold them in and learn from them. We should be praising God for them. In fact, uh, we should have a discipleship program here, eight weeks of working in the children's ministry. Maybe we would come to know God a little bit more. We may not have any hair left. That's what happened to me. I worked in the, in the nursery for too long. But if we could learn from the children and watch how they learn about Jesus. If you've ever seen children sitting cross-legged in a, in a, in a Sunday school room with the, 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 the books being opened, the stories being told, and see their eyes that are open, and see how they're just soaking it in, and just saying, wow, Jesus is awesome. Maybe we'd start reading our Bibles and start seeing it with our eyes open and saying, wow, he is awesome. Jesus took a child and he said it in front of them. And he said, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, if you want to enter into my father's kingdom, all you have to do is simply receive the gospel just like this child. Stop trying to earn it. Stop trying to Make an organizational chart here. Quit assigning values on, by human assessments and recognize the value of this child in God's eyes and make yourself like one of those children. For it is them who will receive the kingdom of God. And the adults who will humble themselves, put away their pride, put away the, the ain'ts and say, here I am, Jesus. Let's not relegate them to a lesser position. Folks, and I say this again, 
Jesus loves the children and so should we. They are just as important as any tither. They are just as important as any elderly person. They are just as important as any deacon. They are just as important as any committee member. They are just as important as anyone else that steps into this church. Those children will never and should never be relegated to a closet somewhere because we want to have our church. It's his church. And it's his children And let's practice to be like them so that we all can be his children. Amen? Amen. Like I said, we ought to cram the children's ministry with volunteers because kids are so incredibly important because many of us need that example. We should be watching them so that we can receive that kingdom the way they are. This morning, we are to come on to the Lord as a child would come on to the Lord. And as I shared just a moment ago, he said that gift is freely offered to whomever will receive it. And all he's asking you to do is to humbly surrender yourself into his hands. No strings attached. Just put yourself in his hands and his lordship. Saying, Lord, you're going to wash me and cleanse me and put me into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, you died for me. I want to live for you. If you will accept him as your Lord and Savior, just openly and freely say, thank you, Lord Jesus. That's what's going to get you into glory. That's what's going to bring you in. And if you're here this morning and you've done that, you know who Jesus Christ is. You've, you've, got, you've had the salvation of the Lord washed upon you, but you've allowed yourself to pull, be pulled back into the ways of the world. Find that inner child again. Look to when you were excited about the faith. Go back to the stories that you read. Go back to the things to where he's pulled you from. Go back to when you see the hand of God working in your life and find that excitement like a little child again and say, Lord, forgive me for straying away for so long, but I'm back and I'm here and I want to be what you've called me to be, Lord. Now, don't get me wrong. Children can be a handful. God has called you to be the parent. God has called you to love that child enough to exercise the discipline that needs to be loved upon that child. But nowhere does it ever say that God puts the children away. He disciplines us when we need it. He loves us enough to bring us into the right fold. And he says, suffer yourself to become as one of the children. If you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord. He's extending that gift of grace to you today. If you do know him... And you think it's time to get your life back in order? This altar will be open. You can pray right where you're at. Myself, Brother Ray, Brother David, somebody can come to you, whatever it may be. But don't leave out of here today without two things. Knowing one, the children are important to God. And they're always welcome in here. If you have problems hearing because of a child in front of you, there's chairs on the other side. Also, two. If you really want to step into the kingdom of God, then I'm going to submit to you this morning, humble yourself as that child humbles themselves and say, Father, here I am. Choose me. Pick me. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand. I want to, I want to lead us in a word of prayer this morning.
Father God, I come before you right now and just thank you for this opportunity that we have to open our hearts and to see who you are. Lord, that was opening my eyes this week when I found that word indignant and that was the only time that you were ever that angry in the Gospels when they they kept the children away from you. God, I pray that we will never find ourselves guilty of that. May we truly recognize who we are in you and what we need to do to become that person in you. Help us focus on your grace, your mercy, and realize we can't get there on our own. But we sure can get there through you. Father, give us your anointing this day and and go out into this world and let all know that they are important to you. From From the womb to the tomb, may we truly, truly understand the sanctity of life that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing this morning, if God's telling you to sing, sing. If he's telling you to come out to this altar, come to this altar. If he's telling you to grab a brother or sister, he's telling you to kneel where you're at, go to the sides, whatever it may be. But let's not leave out of here not knowing who, that he is our Savior this morning. In Jesus' name, as Chris leads. Jesus, I love you. I love you.
house this morning. Give God glory. Amen. 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 Well, before we close in prayer this morning, I'm going to ask Tammy to come over here. Woo! <laughs> Tammy's coming this morning, and, and, I was, and I was told, you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. She's been coming, but this morning she said God's laid it on her heart that this is the church that God has called her to join with. And be a part of. Amen. Amen. So as you see, as you go out, make sure you give Tammy a hug. Or if you see her, just let her know that she is a sister with us now. And praise God, just, just give her a hug and let her know that, that she is part of the family. Amen. Amen. And praise God. Amen. Hallelujah is right. And guys, let's go out there and I'm not going to tell you to act like children. Don't, do not act like Barry. <laughs> However, we're to receive the call of Christ like a little child. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. Well, guys, keep looking up. Keep putting your heart where God tells you to put it. And let's just walk out there and express Christ everywhere we go. Amen? Amen. 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 Brother Ray, will you close us in prayer? Your Gryffindor. Ravenclaw. Every move I make, I'm making you. You make me move, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. 
Every step I take, I take in you. You are my way, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Waves of mercy, waves of grace. Everywhere I look, I see your face. Your love has captured me. Oh my God, this love. How can it be? Na 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 Every move I make, I make in you. You make me move, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Every step I take, I take in you. You are my Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Ways of mercy, ways of grace. Everywhere I look, I see your face. Your love has captured me. Oh my God, this love I can't 